Hey, welcome to part two of our Practical Faith series. We are walking through the book of James. If you are new to our church, one of the things that we like to do is we like to do series where we go through particular books of the Bible and not just talk about one subject or another, but really hear what the Word of God is speaking to us. And we're in the book of James right now. James was written by the half-brother of Jesus. He was the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, the early church, and he was martyred in AD 62. So we know this was written within the first, you know, 40 or 50 years after Jesus had died and rose again. So this is one of the earliest letters that we have to the church. And it's one of the most practical. That's what we call it, practical faith. It's talking about how we as believers need to live. So if you're not a follower of Christ today, you can just listen to this message and say, hey, that's for them, not for me. But if you are a follower of Christ, this gives us some really practical ways that we can live. And I think anybody can benefit from this. I think anybody can benefit from these words. Um, one of the things that, that I want to talk about, we all have mirrors in our homes, right? Uh, if you guys remember years ago, uh, a gentleman by the name of Michael Jackson, some of you might have heard of him before, uh, sang a few songs. And I know I'm being a little facetious, but he had a song called Man in the Mirror. And if you remember, it was probably one of the best songs he ever did. And he talked about the only one that we can change is the man in the mirror. The one that's in that mirror, that reflection that's looking back at us. We all have mirrors in our homes, maybe in our cars, if you have a car. Um, If you go in a public restroom, there's a mirror. Uh, Mirrors reflect things. That's their job. We stand in front of a mirror and we look and we see that there maybe we need to comb our hair. I don't have a whole lot of that. So that's not an issue for me. One of the reasons I keep it so short, I can wake up and walk out the door and you don't know it. It's an awesome freeing thing. But when we go in front of a mirror, we see things that maybe we need to fix. Maybe maybe the shirt that we're wearing is wrinkled or maybe we got a stain on it. Whatever that may be, we see things. It gives us a reflection. My biggest problem is because I get up in the mornings a lot of times and I've taken a shower the night before and I'll forget to shave and I'll get up and I'll look in the mirror and go, oh man, I did not shave today. I look like a bum and I'll, I'll shave. So looking in the mirror help us in that way. Mirrors, not, mirrors can only reflect. They can't add to or take away from. You can't go look in the mirror and see what you'd look like if you would do one thing or another. Maybe change your hairstyle. Mirror's not going to show you that. They're also not going to make you look better than you do. They're not going to take weight off or, you know, make your clothes look better than they are or anything like that. We get so caught up in our appearance and it's important. We want to look good. Not for vanity's sake, but we don't want to look good. We don't want to be a distraction. Here's something I want to talk about. Scripture does the same thing for what's inside of us. The Word of God shows you, the Bible shows us things in our lives that don't line up with who God is or what He wants us to do. It's a reflection of who we are. And sometimes the Word of God reflects that, hey, we're on track. We're doing the right things. We're living as Jesus called us to live. Or sometimes they show us, whoa, wait a minute. 
I've got some areas I need to work on here. And if you're like me, I have areas I need to work on. Every time I stand in front of a mirror, there's something I can fix or change. Every time I read the word of God, there's areas that I can correct, but there's also encouragement that I get. So this is a both and. This isn't a message about telling you to read the scripture so you can fix everything that's wrong in your life. There's an element of that. But it also reflects the things in your life that line up with the word of God. And that's ultimately our goal. We want to be like Jesus. And James 1, chapter 1, verses 19 through 27, give us a bit of reflection of the word of God and show us how to live. Let's look at this for just a minute. We're going to look at James 1, 19. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God, word, the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must also do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. If, if you are listening to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself. Your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Man, some of us are great at hearing the Word of God, even quoting the Word of God, but we're not always good at doing what the Word of God says. See, God gave us his word to show us how to live. It even talks about the law of Moses. The law of Moses was to show us what it was to live for God, to follow that law. Because sin is about selfishness. It separates us from God. And scripture points out things that are sin, that said filthy and evil behavior, things that separate us from God. Maybe that's a wild lifestyle where you're just having all kinds of illicit affairs. Maybe it's just being an angry person and treating people poorly. Whatever it is that gets in the way, the Word of God teaches us and shows us how to follow and live like Jesus. We're to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Maybe you've heard this verse before, but it's Paul talking to Timothy, a young pastor. And he says, all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every good work. Scripture is there to teach us, to help us, to guide us, to show us, whoa, man, if I do that, that's probably not the way I should live. That's actually going to pull people away from God. That I need to live this way. It is a teacher to us. Now, I'm going to ask this question. You can answer it on the chat if you want. Is there anybody here that's perfect? 
Are any of you perfect? I know I'm not. I'm far from it. I need the teaching of the word of God in my life. There are things I need to correct. I also need the encouragement of the word to know that God's in my corner, that he's cheering for me. That's why he gave me the word. So I hope you want to be a doer of the word of God and not just a hearer. And that's what we want to keep in mind as we go through the rest of James chapter one. I'm going to give you a few things about being a doer. And it starts out with this. The first point is be receptive, be receptive. We want to be receptive to what the word of God says. And if you look down at verse 21, I want you to underline something. It says the words humbly accept, humbly accept. I want you to underline that because if you look in verse 21, so it says get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. That word humbly, it's not a diminishing word. It's a word that says, look, I know that without God in my life, I'm missing it. I need to humble myself before him and accept what he's teaching me. Just like when we look in a mirror, sometimes we just have to humbly accept this is the way we look. And then we can fix some things. We can correct some things. And then some of it is just who we are, and we need to be okay with who we are. I know sometimes looking in a mirror is not a fun thing. But when we come with the right attitude, we can use a mirror as a tool. It reflects things that I want to reflect Jesus. I want when people look at me for them to see Jesus' work in my life, not to see Larry, this grumpy guy, this awkward guy. I want them to see Larry, this reflection of who Jesus is. I want people to know the love of God through me, through my life, through the way I treat people. I want to be consistent in that. I want to be a reflection of God. I want to take the word of God and let it be a reflection in my life. Let it correct me. It starts with an honest assessment of where we're at. So we can move forward. Years ago, when I came to Christ, we're looking at nearly 30 years ago now, I was a jerk. I only lived for myself. And it took the word of God showing me how to follow him. And I'm going to tell you, 20 some years later, it took some other experiences in my life for me really to realize what it meant to follow Jesus. I was a Christ follower but I often got caught up like the Pharisees in the religious side of things. And I, I miss sometimes the things that Jesus was telling me. And through his word, he's changed my life. Now, with that honest assessment, I want to give you one thing. You're hearing my words. You're reading James 1. Don't sit and think about everybody else around you that this applies to. I've been there. You hear the pastor speaking and he's speaking this word and you're like, man, I really wish Jim would hear this because he needs to hear this. And I probably needed to hear it more than he did. But I missed it because I was so focused on what somebody else was doing. No, look at it in your life and apply it to your life. Take that Michael Jackson song to heart. The only one that we can change is the one in the mirror, the one looking back at us. 
It's not my job to change you. It's my job to change me. To let God's word dig deep down inside of me so I can be a reflection of that. So I can be an example. Now my life can be an influence in yours. It can show you how to follow Jesus. And that's what I want to do. But I can't change you. I can't do the work for you. Only the Holy Spirit and you can do that. So here's some key things to keep in perspective as we want to be receptive to God's word. Because we want to be receptive to it. If we're not receptive to his word, it's just going to hit against the wall. She's going to bang up against the wall. It's not going to accomplish anything. So how do we be receptive to God's word? I'm going to give you a few things. The first thing is to have a capacity to listen. To have a capacity to listen. Verse 19 says, quick to listen. This is a forgotten art in our culture today. We have a platform with Facebook and Twitter and other social media areas where we can put all of our thoughts and all of our rants and all the reasons we're right about everything, but we don't take the time to listen to anything. We're consumed with ourselves in that area and we've forgotten how to listen. See, listening is more than just hearing God speak, but it's listening to what his words say. And when we read scripture, we need to listen to what God's speaking to us. When we pray, we need to listen to what God's speaking to us. Have you ever been married or in any kind of relationship? If you haven't been married, you'll probably recognize this anyway. Been married for 26 years. There have been many, 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 many times in my marriage to Pastor Jennifer where she has been speaking to me and telling me things but I haven't been listening. I'll be focused on what I'm reading or maybe what we're watching on TV or what's going on around me or just consumed in my own thoughts. And I won't hear. And she'll get frustrated because she's like, I just told you that. And I usually make the mistake. It's really not a mistake. It's just the reality. I wasn't listening. I usually ask, well, what happened here? And she just spent five minutes telling me what happened there. Because I wasn't really listening. We have to be quick to listen. We have to be quick to listen. So that's the first thing. Second thing is a controlled tongue. Or, verse 19, slow to speak. There are many times we're not able to listen because we're too busy talking. We want to be heard. We want our opinion to get out there and to prove that we're right or that we know the answer or that we've got the better plan. We're a little narcissistic that way. People will be sharing with you their hearts or what's going on and all you can think about is what you want to say next or how you want to share this or whatever thought popped into your head and I've been guilty of it. I've missed conversations of what people were trying to say because I was so consumed with saying what I wanted to say. But even though I sat there and let them finish talking, I didn't really listen because all I wanted to do was speak. Sometimes we speak with knee-jerk reactions. Something will happen. Somebody will say something and we'll respond back really quickly without really hearing fully what they're trying to say or even absorbing what they're trying to say. 
So we have to be quick to listen, slow to speak. The next thing is a calm demeanor. Or verse 19 says, slow to anger. Anger makes communication difficult on any level. And I'm just as guilty as anybody else, man. My blood pressure goes up. I get frustrated with the situation and all I want to do is just lash out. And so I stop listening to what's being said and I just lash out because I'm angry and I'm frustrated. We get consumed with this anger and all we do is focus on our own hurt or our own point of view or how we've been hurt that we don't hear what's being said. So we can't get a solution to it because we're both so focused on just lashing out at each other and being angry. I think that happens in politics. I think it happens in our communities. I think it happens in marriages. Any relationship where anger is at the center point of that communication is broken down. When we get angry, we lose our capacity to listen because we're consumed by the rage and anger inside of us. And we don't think rationally. We don't make good decisions. We just lash out. So we got to be quick to listen. We got to be slow to speak. We got to have a calm demeanor to listen, to slow down. The fourth one's a little bit different. It's to have a clean life. And, and it goes to verse 20, get rid of filth and evil in our lives. Look, if you know, if you've read scripture, if you look at like the parable of the sower, if you, if you don't know where that's at, I don't remember exactly where it's at in, in scripture. I didn't have it in my notes. But the parable of the sower talks about getting the roots and thorns and rocks out of our lives. Those things that distract us those things that keep us from following God. And so what those are, that sin or that wrong way of thinking or that wrong behavior, we need to root it out of our lives, those things that keep us from having that attitude and that action like Christ. We need to get rid of those things. Cut them out. So that's one of the things that we need to do because when we have that stuff living in our lives, it distracts us and keeps us from hearing what other people are saying. It keeps us from speaking rationally. We don't hear what God's saying to us. There was a pastor, I don't know who said this, but I thought it was great when I came across it. It says, evil and filth is like earwax. I know that sounds kind of, kind of gross, maybe confusing. Maybe some of you are fascinated with earwax. I don't know. Some of you are fascinated with watching pimples being popped on YouTube. So, and you know who you are that's watching this because I know you do it. You talk to me about it. Evil and filth is like earwax that must be cleared away so we can hear properly. When we're consumed with sin in our lives and these other things, we don't hear what God's speaking to us properly. That's one of the reasons when we read scripture and we see that, oh, wait, that action or attitude doesn't line up with God. I need to correct that. It helps us so that we can listen better. This all builds on each other. Having that right relationship, being quick to listen, being slow to speak, having that calm demeanor, all of those things tie together so that we can hear God speak in our lives so that we can change 
the person in the mirror that's looking back at us so we can be good doers of his word. The second thing is this, be submissive to the word of God. Surrender yourself to God's word. Listen, look at verses 22 through 25 again. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. That submitting to God's word and allowing it to change us from the inside out. Look, if we want to change our culture, I know you might be frustrated politically. You might be frustrated with what's happening in race relations. You might be frustrated with all of this other stuff that's going around you that you have zero control over. Zero. But yet we get angry and we post about it and we ran about it and we think that's going to change things and it does nothing but add noise to the conversation. But if we let the word of God change us from the inside and change the way we act and change the way we think so that we line up with him and then we begin to love other people out of what God's doing in our life, you know what's going to happen? We're going to change the culture. We're going to be culture changers. By listening to the word of God and listening to the people that are around us so that we can hear their needs and then we can help them. We can love them. We don't have to love sin, but we do have to love them. And I know I'm getting off on a tangent here, but I I just want to see us as the church. When I say church, I'm not talking about Kennesaw Family Life Church. I'm talking about Christians actually live and listen to God's word and let it change us from the inside out so that we can reflect him well. So that our interactions with people, that they see the love of God in us. They don't see judgment and hate and all of those things. Man, there are some people that wear the name of Christ that hate people and it breaks my heart. If we want to be doers of the word of God, if we want to reflect and really truly be Christians, truly be Christ followers, we need to get rid of that anger. We need to be quick to listen, slow to speak. We need to have a calm demeanor, slow to get angry. And let the word of God flow out of this. We have to be doers of the word. Not just hearers, but doers. If you're not reading your scripture on a regular basis, it's like going days without ever looking in a mirror and wondering why people are looking at you funny because you haven't cared for yourself. None of us would go days without looking in a mirror. We're going to, not out of vanity, just because we need to care for ourselves. So how do we respond to all this? And I want to look at, and these verses may seem a little out of context, but I want you to understand it. Verses 26 and 27. It says, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, 
You are fooling yourself. Your religion is worthless. I want to read that again. I want you to think about it for a minute. If you claim to be religious, claim to be a Christ follower, I I don't like the word religious in here because we're religious about a lot of things. I'm religious about getting up and drinking a cup of coffee. My morning routine, I am religious about it. I get up every morning, I drink a glass of water, I make myself an omelet, I sit down and grab a cup of coffee and do my devotions. I am religious about doing that. That's not what I'm talking about here. If you claim to be religious, if you claim to be a Christ follower, but don't control your tongue or your Facebook post or the reposting of things on Instagram or Facebook or emails, if you don't control those things, you're fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless. It's meaningless. It doesn't change a thing. Pure and genuine Christianity in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. If you want to know what it means to follow Christ, go back to those very basic commandments that we base everything on. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. That's our number one priority. And that's where the hearing the word of God comes in and doing what it says. And then loving your neighbor as yourself. And here it talks about orphans and widows. It's caring for the needs of those that are around you. Loving those that are around you. Caring about those that are around you. When is the last time you invited somebody into your home for dinner just to get to know them? When was the last time you invited somebody out to coffee that wasn't a believer? So that you could build relationship with them. Remember at the beginning of the year, we talked about being disciple makers and about how we start discipling people long before they ever come to Christ. We can't do that if we don't ever interact with anybody else. We have to be intentional about this. See, we're growing and we're allowing the word of God to change us from the inside out. And that is awesome. When we come to Christ, we have a relationship with God and we are guaranteed eternity with him because we love him and and we're following him. But the second half of that is, is that God has called us to make disciples and to bring others with us. And if we're not doing that, we're missing what God has called us to do. We're missing it. Let what God's doing in you Be reflected so that those around you can see it. Get to know some people that don't have a relationship with God and love them like you've never loved anybody else. You know what? You might get hurt. You might get laughed at. You might get cussed out. You might get called at one in the morning from somebody that's been out drinking all night and just needs somebody to talk to. But you know what? I think that's exactly what Jesus would do. Jesus hung out with sinners. Jesus hung out with those that were hurting and in need. 
That's what I believe this is talking about in our culture, in our place, caring for those that are in need. Many, been, many people have been hurt by people that carry the name of Christ, blowing them off and treating them like they're garbage because they're not believers. Like they're less than human. Man, shame on the church when we do that. That breaks the heart of God. That's being like a Pharisee. That's so concerned about the rules. That's so concerned about their religious order and looking good to others. But they don't love and care for those that are hurting and lost. Yeah, they're lost in sin. They need the love of Christ more than ever. Are we going to be able to meet every need? No. God can. He wants for us to be a part of that solution. To use our lives to reflect Him. To use our lives to look like Him. As much as we can. doesn't change our personality. Each of us have different personalities. Each of us have different giftings. Some of us are gifted communicators. Some of us are gifted artists. Some of us are gifted leaders. We just need to reflect Him in whatever we're doing. So I want to remind you again. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Be slow to get angry. Work with the Word of God to clear out the evil and filth in your life, the things that separate you from God. And then love others the way Jesus loves you. Whatever opportunities that is. Take some time this week. Read through James chapter 1 again. Read through the whole thing. Write down what God's speaking to you. Listen. Listen. That's the big part of this. Listen to what God's saying to you. That means sometimes we read and we pause and we just reflect on what we just read. Make appropriate changes in our lives as we need to, as we see those things need to be changed. Just like you would in the mirror if clothing was a little out of sorts, you change it or fix it. Your hair needed combed. Pluck a few nose hairs. Whatever. You do it. Make appropriate changes and then find someone to help you along this journey to walk with you. Allow the Holy Spirit to work from the inside out. If we will do these things, I believe that God will change the climate of our culture. Let's be doers of what God said, not just hearers. When you're watching this online with us, you're hearing. Let's do. Maybe you're, maybe you're shut in. Maybe you can't get out. Text somebody. Call somebody. Love on somebody. Let the Word of God change your life. I want to see God work in you like He's worked in me.
and he's still working in me. I still have things I got to work on. And I want to join, I want you to join me on this journey. Let's change this world together. One relationship at a time. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that we would be quick to listen. That we wouldn't feel like we have to be right all the time, that we have to speak all the time, but we could just listen. Lord, help us to put our anger in the right place. Anger is not the sin. What we do with it can be. Lord, help us to hear what you're speaking to us today and let it change us from the inside out. Lord, I pray that we would reflect you every day, that we would be followers of your word, that we would be doers of your word. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill each one of us today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Please, if you got the time, get up and spend time with prayer with us at 714 in the morning on Zoom. If you need that number, please click the chat. We'll get you the Zoom number. Make sure you have it. Make sure we have your contact so we can send you stuff and remind you of what's going on. We love you and thank you. Have a great week.